0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Wised Up Podcast, presented by Wezeta Community Ad. I'm your host Zach Nelson with Wezeta Community Ad, and today we're talking pickleball with Tim Laurent of MyPickleballCoach.com. Tim, how are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic, yourself?
0: I'm doing great. How are How are you handling everything with being stuck at home? <laughs> well, um,
1: I'm just out hitting a pickleball in my garage. You know, I mean it's a it's a very restrictive uh, deal, but. I see people out. I see people out playing. It's so there's 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 possibilities out there.
0: That's good. Yeah, anything to get outside. Six is, feet away, of course. Positive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's just dive right in. What is pickleball?
1: Well, it's interesting. It's a game that was uh, started over 50 years ago, and um, pickleball is this. It's a paddle game uh, played on a typically played on a tennis type surface. Except for if you live in Minnesota with a lot of snow, you can play it in gyms. Um, on wood floors, but the net is a couple inches lower than a tennis net, Um, um, about one third the size of a tennis court. Um, It's actually literally the same boundaries as a badminton court uh, to within a few inches, but that's fairly obscure for a lot of people unless you play badminton. But these are solid paddles and you hit a wiffle ball and bottom line is uh, it's primarily played with a doubles team and you basically have uh, played to 11, win by two so that's kind of the game in a a little nutshell but it'd be a cross between table tennis tennis and
0: badminton can you give us a little backstory on the history of pickleball and how it got started
1: yeah it was actually started in upstate uh washington and the story goes that uh and i believe this is like back in 65 or something it's been around a long time and backstory was that they were getting together all their sports equipment as a family trying to figure out what they could put together they made up some rules and kind of started with some wood paddles they had and ended up uh making the game of pickleball and it stuck around basically the word is that they had a dog named pickles and it chased the ball around (laughs) and that's how they got pickleball going on we'll see that's maybe a legend but uh, that's what i hear
0: so it started at someone's house when they were looking for something to do and kind of combine the, the elements like you said of tennis badminton, and table tennis huh
1: yep and grab some whatever equipment they had and uh, started playing uh made up the game and it, it's taken a long time to get traction but it really started to get some traction
0: so how did it start to pick up that traction uh, across the country across the world
1: you know primarily it really went out uh, uh it went out through kind of the snowbirds uh so it started off as something that people had just played there. Then it went to because you didn't have to move as far as tennis, and it was you know kind of a game that because of the way the rules are set up, uh, you didn't have to be quite as athletic, so to speak, in order to play the game. And you could pick up on the rules really quickly. So you kind of got a false sense that you might be pretty good early on. <laughs> but it is a it's a game of strategy and definitely. Has evolved into a much uh, the sport. The ages are coming way down, the athleticness is, is going way up, and uh, it's really a really a fun sport.
0: So you can you can look at a picture or a video of people playing pickleball online, and it it really does look kind of like mini tennis on a badminton court. Uh, you touched on it earlier, but can you kind of give more of an in depth look at or talk about? the size of the court
1: yeah exactly so the uh the court is 44 feet long 20 feet wide you could put three of these courts on a tennis court um to give you an idea uh, and uh they they have a net that is um, 34 inches in the, at the uh, center point which is uh and so and the net is 22 feet uh, long and so what it what it amounts to is you have a net that's a foot over each, you know, a foot uh, wider than the size of the court, but it, kind of the best way to equate it would be almost like playing table tennis slash ping pong on top of a court. Um, that's one way to look at it. And uh, the interesting thing here is that it uses a what they call no-volley zone or kitchen, and what it does is it allows you to. It becomes a very uh, it's a game of strategy. And think of it like playing chess almost uh, on a court. You have to really kind of outthink the next player. That's where the strategy comes in.
0: If you, if you think about traditional tennis, the volume is kind of, other than certain strategic times, the volume, the volume back and forth is at greater length. Whereas pickleball, from what I've seen, it's, it's a lot of what in tennis is considered net play. Like it seems like there's a lot of close combat back and forth.
1: That's an excellent observation because, without a doubt, um, this whole game is primarily the primary game is played uh, 14 feet apart. Um, and if you can picture four people playing 14 feet apart, the volleys get very quick. The net play is very important, and um, that's why they have a uh, that's why they have a rule where you cannot step into that seven foot area unless the ball bounces in there. But to, your, to illustrate your point, the uh, game becomes very much, even though you might start in back, uh, a tennis player, racquetball player, and a lot of people with previous uh, racket experience will tend to want to hit that long driving shot, um, which is one good shot to have, but it is uh, not nearly uh, used as much in this game. There's a short shot that's kind of called, if you watch a little bit more, as you watch more, there's a short shot called, the, which is dinking. And that is actually you're dinking the ball over the net, meaning that you're keeping it so that people can't make those slamming shots at you. Uh, but, yeah, for sure it is a net game. And you want to have your hands ready because hand-to-hand combat comes quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the first thoughts that came to me was – I mean, you need hand-eye coordination in any sort of racket sport, but especially in pickleball, I feel like hand-eye coordination is absolutely crucial.
1: Yeah, that without a doubt, I mean, so much of it can be, so much can be trained. And matter of fact, it's really interesting. I was out in Phoenix and uh, uh, doing some some training and doing some other stuff there and having fun. But I played with a a six-year-old and I played with a sixteen-year-old in the same day, and. I know that this 86 year old could beat up on the 16 year old just because he has the skills of the sport, but it's very interesting. And that's what makes it so, uh, that's what makes it you know, so fun is that literally any age group with some training can go a long ways. And it's a very social sport as well, which you might've picked up on if you, as you watch it, as you go out and experience it, which of course you and I will be doing soon. I'm sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about the non-volley zone or kitchen? Um, from my understanding, it's it's a very small zone next to the net on each side that the ball has to bounce before any non-bouncing play is made, if, if I explain that correctly.
1: Yeah, that is uh, a huge aspect of the game. And what that really – all that amounts to is there is this uh, – so you've got a court that's 44 feet long and you have the net and on each side of the net, seven feet on each side of the net. You can you can be in there, but you cannot hit the ball out of the air if you're in there. So that means you need to, the ball bounces, um, you can go in there you know, whenever you want. The idea is that you just can never hit the ball out of the air. So a misconception is that you cannot be in there um, unless the ball bounces, that's not true. Just that you cannot hit the ball out of the air <laughs> if you're in the kitchen. And so the differentiation there is that um, I'm going to probably try and stay out of there for the most part, unless I need to go make a better shot. Because if I'm in there, someone could hit me with the ball and that'd be the same as hitting it out of the air. So, which is by the way, an interesting, interesting uh, strategy.
0: Is the point of the kitchen to kind of get rallies started initially as the point is underway?
1: The point of the kitchen is that if if you can imagine it, let's just say that we could hit it out of the air and we were two feet away from each other, it would, it would be a a pretty interesting game. (laughs) The, the, uh, is that it, uh, what it does is it allows, it's a strategy to keep it so that they can, if they were to hit it hard, it would go out. So the court is a size in which if you have a ball, even though it's not necessarily uh, that high, it could it still go out fairly easily. As of course, if it was a tennis court, it would stay in. So that is why it becomes such a strategy. So your, the purpose of the kitchen is to keep the ball low and ideally close to the net so that they cannot attack you with that ball. So it's kind of like, think of it as, I am going to just keep dinking this short to the net until A, you make a mistake and hit the net. B, you try and get aggressive with it. A lot of people in racquet sports want to really start hitting that ball. If they do, I let it go out. And the other portion that you do have uh, in this whole game is that you have the element of dodgeball because one of the strategies is to hit the body and you get the point. So you might want to, uh, you know, turn sideways and let the ball go through because they, they likely know it's going out. But if you don't get out of the way, they still get the point.
0: So the name of the game is keep the ball low and get out of the way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> it's certainly not a bad one, but it's fun to get it's fun to get tested. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun when you play with, you know, Minnesota Nice. At the first, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, so sorry, <laughs> you know, and then after a while, it's like, hey, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but it's a wiffle ball, and it just it does not hurt. And um but it is definitely a strategy. Um, matter of fact like it is in some other sports is to try and hit them in their upper right, if they're right-handed, upper right shoulder area because it's hard to defend. So, but there's techniques to do that. But, yeah, that's that's the idea is that to keep us that they cannot make an what they call an attackable shot, something to put pace on it. But that's the idea of the kitchen. It keeps it uh, the rally up close to the net, which is where you win the game.
0: Sure. What is a double bounce rule? Yeah, that's –
1: that's a. Uh, very important rule and and what it does is just like uh just like in tennis you have to let the ball bounce before you return it the so think of that that's that's one bounce the next bounce is that person that returns the ball um so if you serve it to me uh zach then i'm gonna i'm gonna let it bounce i'm gonna return it to you you have got to wait as the serving team to let it bounce once before you hit it back to me okay and so my ideal shot might be to keep you deep into your zone so that you have to figure out if you return it and return it too high to me, I can keep slamming it back at you. Um, because guess what? As soon as I return it, I'm going to be up at that no volley zone. I'm going to be within seven feet of the net. And that's one of the things I train immediately because it's the biggest advantage you can get as the returning team is to get to that, get to that line. Because now if you can imagine that you're pinned back, you served it, you had to let it bounce. Now you got to figure out how I can drop that in the kitchen without me attacking it, which would be called the third shot drop. All that really means is that you're trying to drop it in the kitchen without having me slam it back at you or get a point on it. So, does that right. make sense for you a little bit, Zach? Yeah, it yeah. does.
0: So, so essentially if I'm serving to you, you have to let it bounce before returning to me. That's right. And I again have to let it bounce before we start volleying back and forth.
1: That's right, that's right. And you might choose to drive that at me. Um, You might choose to, more than likely, as as, as you progress in your skills, you're gonna wanna try and drop that short in the kitchen so that you can come up to the line. Your whole job as a serving team would be come up. We all wanna get within that 14 foot range and because that is, even though I might lob you after that and send you back, the ideal, ideal place is whoever controls that line wins the game.
0: Yeah. So right from the beginning from the serve, it's very strategic in terms of who has the better positioning. Is that correct?
1: Very. And never, and that never changes. It's always the person, the receiving team should have a, almost say two thirds advantage to win the point. Okay. And you only win points on your serve.
0: In a way, that's kind of like volleyball. The if you can field the serve and get a good, uh, good pass to the setter, um, in theory, you should have the upper hand. It sounds very similar in uh, in pickleball. Yes,
1: you sh- you have the first one to be able to control uh, what's going on.
0: Is this a good game for young kids to play? I know it, obviously there's a bit of hand-eye coordination involved but is this something that you can get kids involved in at a young age
1: uh, I, I mean I, in talking to some of the community uh, ed programs that i'm working with the ages are coming way down and matter of fact i think it was the uh, uh the u.s the open which and think of this it's been around for 60 some years and they just had their first us open like three years ago so and in the last four years for example um, the sport has grown at 650%. Hmm. So over a hundred percent a year, it took that many years. And then all of a sudden, well not to compare it to anything that's going on outside our <laughs> in our country right now, but let's just say this, this is something that's positive that's spreading quickly. And the winners of the women's doubles, one was uh, it was a mother daughter team. The daughter was 12 years old. Wow. Extremely good at tennis before this, and then adapted to the game really well. But, um, my son, for instance, when I went out to Seattle, taught him how to play. Um, and he picked up, uh, the game really quickly because he had a table tennis background. And, um, so he's 26 and now he's seen a lot of people his age and younger. Uh, and I think you'll see, now you're going to see the kids, grandparents taught their parents. Now parents are teaching their kids. And when I was out in the court, uh, yesterday or the day before, um, I seen a family out there and kids are having a blast and I think they were probably you know six to nine years old so uh, you'll see the ages are going to come way way down and it's a family sport that you can play for as you can imagine you know you can play for 50 60 years
0: piggybacking off that last question social distancing makes it tough to play four-person pickleball right now or doubles with everything going on Obviously, if we're isolated with our families already, that's a different story. But is this something you know we could play one on one in in the driveway or maybe even at a park if it's if it's open in your city that that we could play this at this time?
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's why the. Uh, I actually think why that's why the sport is so adaptable. I mean, you can't exactly move a tennis court around very easy, but there are some things you could do to, to practice. But no, I, matter of fact, I just came before I got on this podcast and mailed off um, a couple paddles to my brother. Cause his, uh, his son and his daughter and his wife, they played about four times before things got shut down. And so now they're going to set up in their driveway and we sent the net to them uh, yesterday. And so he'll set up this net, which you can set up in just a couple minutes and a paddle and some wiffle balls and you're good to go. And literally you can learn and play a lot. There are little ways to stripe something, but, um, but uh, no, this can be done on any hard surface. And, uh, yeah, and so, yeah. And, you, and there, by the way, there is a singles. There is singles that goes on every, you know, uh, uh, as well. So there's a singles game. That's a good cardio workout. And, um, and you better have some good hustle. But uh, it's a ton of fun as well. But 95% of the game is doubles because that is the strategy. Um, as you play, you'll understand why that is so effective and fun
0: obviously we're not condoning going out and playing with a bunch of your friends and, and things when this is right. all going on, but yeah, you know, if it's, if it's something you can do with your family um, or something you can do safely. Um, and again, it's allowed in your city or in your state, then, right. uh, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously there's guidelines. I was actually looking at those recently, uh, but yeah, I mean, for my brother, they're at home. So they're like, what can I do? And they could go to a park and set up their net of course. And uh, um so if you have people that you're quarantining with, so to speak, or uh, but it, uh, it does meet the Minnesota guidelines at this time to You can go out on walks and hunt fish and do something like this. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a problem.
0: I want to go back to more of the uh, professional or league aspect of this. So there are professional yeah. leagues and different kind of upper, upper scale leagues that are happening right now.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was. Um, there are with there are a couple different, couple different leagues and so forth. Let's just say a person was starting uh, just to give you an idea how this would work. So uh, I wanted to lose a few pounds, and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to just play pickleball, get in shape. Well, I should have gotten shape and played pickleball. <laughs> I want to play competitively, of course, and um, uh, ended up uh, hurting a hamstring. Like, oh gosh! So I should tell everyone. Um, really important, really, really important to stretch and to just, you know, just walk around, warm up, you know, just get your muscles going first. Super important. I totally ignored that. And uh, I paid the price of that. I've played platform tennis out in the, you know, 20 degrees weather, and never stretched, never, but guess what? Everything works really good until it doesn't. <laughs> and it's hard to play when you're hurt. But um, so I just want to put that out there that people definitely should stretch. Just if you look up and just do um, anything you would do for warming up for tennis, this would be the same thing. And then you do some cool down stretching after you're done, but it'll really help you out in the long run um, just to throw that out there. But so what I did was I I just decided I want to lose lose some weight. I looked up online, looked up how to score, which I can tell people that if you just punch that in, you can look up how to score online. And Went and bought a paddle, and uh, went to Dick's. Bought a paddle, and looked up a place to play. And basically, I walked in. The people are so welcoming, Zach. That it's so nice. Uh, as far as leagues go, you can. Uh, uh, they have what they call ladder leagues. So basically, you start, and then they you kind of find your place of where you should be at, Zach. So you know you're kind of like okay. You'll find out where you'll find out how good you are, which is uh, minus your ego. You might not be as good as you think you are. <laughs> But you'll have fun and, and and that's the beauty of it is that you can always get better. There's so much strategy to it. Um, and then one other thing it uh, you know is ha- happening now in so many cities and like your like your own is that there are places where this can be uh, is taught and introduced and then a person can take it to whatever level they would like and there's uh, people like myself that can help with that.
0: So you're doing some pickleball with community ed this summer. Can you let everyone know the details on that? Yeah,
1: uh, you know we are uh, teamed up with uh, with the city of Weizata, and they've uh, been gracious enough to uh, get everything started. I, I tell you what, I, I I'm super excited about it. Um, I've been working with a couple other cities um, that I've been doing these community ed programs with, and we have just found there's been such a high interest in it as a matter of fact i just did one um over in eden prairie and the uh gentleman's like he did his beginning pickleball lesson. he's like well well, "Well, what do i do next i said well you know the next hour we're doing another one we're doing it the next level he's like went and signed up for that and then after that there was open play he started playing there he just was having a blast and you know but the idea is that uh uh you could take it to whatever level you want to and through community ed we have, I believe, uh, introduction, and then we also have uh, the next step, the next level of what you can do. Sometimes, it, sometimes those people will take those a couple times because, of course, um, I'll know where you're at, and in, you know, on that a program, I can take you up to a level that you'd want to do. At that point, you could do if you want to do private lessons or set up a. There's some clinics and drills that we might do as well.
0: If you want to sign up for any of the pickleball stuff that Tim is doing through the city of Wayzata, along with uh, us at Wayzata Community Ed, you can go to Wayzata.ce.leo.com and sign up there. And if you want to get a hold of Tim for more information, to schedule a lesson or just talk pickleball, you can call him at 612-282-1967 and tim what's your email people want to get a hold of you yeah uh my email
1: is my at gmail.com and uh i do have a website that we just started and uh you can actually get a hold of a few videos there and that's uh mypickleballcoach.com. and we'll have more information going on there as well but uh um we do have we do have paddles uh that we can uh, provide as well i believe zach right all the equipment will be there um yep. and if you know somebody it's always fun to bring a friend and i can tell you this if you don't have fun there um you might not be a fun person <laughs> no I, I,
0: <laughs> you will have fun promise that no as tim said uh when for the stuff he's doing this summer in Waysetta, uh we're gonna provide all the pickleball equipment so you can come and and just try it out and and as tim says uh you're gonna fall in love with it i know i'm gonna take some classes uh, after sitting down with Tim, he just has me fired up to play pickleball. I might even go order some stuff online and, and play <laughs> in my driveway to get out of the house right now. But, um, exactly. Tim, thanks for joining me and everyone sign up, go meet Tim this summer, reach out to him and, uh, start playing some pickleball. All right.
1: Sounds great, Zach. Thanks for the opportunity
0: today. Thanks again to Tim for joining us today. Go to mypickleballcoach.com. To learn more about Tim and to learn more about Pickleball, find out where you can play. Please subscribe to and review the Wise Up podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. We are now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, along with other places. If you haven't done so already, check out our blog on the Community Ed website. And also follow our Facebook page for activities and other ways to keep this thing moving forward. We'll be back on Monday talking meditation and how that might help you during this time. Stay safe, stay positive, and we'll talk to you.